It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk cheese. Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Lisa with Charismatic Woman, and I am waiting for Janet to dial in, who's going to save me from the monologue today. Um, But while we are doing that, I am going to, as promised this week, I'm actually going to do this a couple of times, um, maybe three, actually, go through the self-care protocols of women who really are doing celeb-level self-care. Um, the the kind of self-care that you have to do when Janet so accurately said it, when your body is your instrument. Um, and I am going to share these. Not so much, I mean, some of this, when I looked at them, I am expecting three. When I looked at the first one, I was overwhelmed. And the second two that I got in detail were even more overwhelming. And what I've really been able to do is kind of extract, pull out um, bits and pieces of these routines that I think really, really are very, very doable for all of us. But I'm just going to breeze through what's on this list really quickly and then can talk a little bit about why I think this is doable. Um, So this first person, this first client, um, I will say that she has two children, a full-time job, an extraordinarily busy husband. I mean, her work stuff varies depending on what's going on in her life. Truthfully, at times she doesn't work, and at times she's working upwards of 12, maybe even more hours a day. And she travels a lot. Her husband travels a lot. so they are on the road or in the air every week. I mean, at least two or three days out of the week, somebody is gone. And so almost all of this is stuff that she is able to do without external support, so to speak. I mean, yeah, some of it she's going someplace for, but I mean, most of this has is pretty doable at home. So this is a very busy woman, two children, working, working husband, et cetera. I'm going to break it down first by what she does every single day. Um, She starts her day every single day with what she calls a full skincare routine, which is almost looking at it looks like a facial to me. Um, She uses a Konza wand for 20 minutes, which she kind of attributes to being meditation time. She exfoliates. Every single day, twice a day, she uses an infused oil on her face and then steams her face with the oil. Um, She uses these little facial suction cups after the oil, and she does facial exercises. Um, So that looks to me, it feels to me like a full facial. And she does that two times a day. She says that this whole facial routine that she does takes about... 30 to 35 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes or so in the evening. But she sort of double times that with some of this time that she considers to be sort of down meditative time where she's using the Konza wand. Um, Janet, you're here. Janet, have you seen the Konza wand? Do you know what it is? I do know what it is. I haven't seen one in the flesh. I've seen them online and I've sort of gone, hmm. (laughs) I'm sort of a bit... uh, I don't know, it falls into a whole set of things where I just kind of go, it's too much, too much for my brain to take on. <laughs> so I should probably have another look rather than just giving giving in to the overwhelm. <laughs> I have I have one and I love it. I, loved, I mean, here's my 30-second commercial for Konza One. Um, I think my skin looks better when I'm using it, but I don't make time to use it as much as I would like to. 
I may try and break that habit next. That may very likely go in my next my next portion of self care. Um, it is time consuming. It's not something that you just slap on your face and be done with. It does take some time. Mm. But I mean, she in her skincare routine, she's got two things that I would consider sort of trendy esque, like the little suction cups. I'm seeing those online everywhere. She's been using them for a long time. Um, and this is a woman who was in her late 30s. The Kanza wand, which I think has sort of recently become twinsy, sort of trendy, she's been using that a long time. And so in this entire skincare routine that she does, it takes half an hour every morning and half an hour at night. Um, Money-wise, we're not talking about a lot. I mean, she's not using, you know, millions of dollars worth of products on her skincare routine. She could be. She could afford it. I mean, she could afford whatever. But in this particular case, what she's investing is the time. And the most expensive thing she's using is sort of a floral-infused kind of, I don't know, some sort of oil that isn't that much. I think she told me that the oil that she's using is like $22. Um, so that's how she starts her day. She starts her day focused on skincare. Almost every day she does what she classifies as full hair and makeup, which takes her another 20 to half, 20 minutes to half an hour, which frankly seems like a lot. However, I remember a time in my life where that would have not been much. Um, this is a woman who can't leave the house, literally. I mean, she needs to be camera ready when she walks out the door. So she can't, she just can't pull it off any other way. And 20 to 30 minutes really doesn't seem like that much in in her case to do her makeup and do her hair. I know a lot of women who spend 20 to 30 minutes on hair and makeup. I don't, even when I'm doing it. It's not that much particularly after having spent half an hour on some sort of skincare routine. But she finds the time and she gets that done. Um, she plans and she does it over the weekend with, in her case, a nutritionist, three, three meals a day. Um, however, she cooks. She does that on her own. So she gets some help planning it out, but she has her meals, like her menu planned, the weekend before for the following week. She's never grasping for what we're going to eat for this meal, what we're going to eat for this meal. Like, she knows what she's going to eat at each meal during the day, which actually cuts down on time. And she also pre-plans snacks during the day. So she has them ready to go, and she is not, like, grasping for what to eat when she feels snacky. In fact, this is a woman who eats every three to four hours on the dot starting at 7 o'clock in the morning, and she does not eat after 7.30 at night. So if for some reason she misses dinner, she misses dinner. I mean, but just like 7.30 at night is the cutout, cutoff time, and she sets an alarm and makes sure that she's eating every three to four hours during the day, which is more than you think it is. I mean, for those of us who are up for a few hours and eat three meals a day, we can think that's a lot. So when you're literally eating every three hours a day on a timer, um, that's a lot of eating. And therefore, she kind of has to be on her game. She kind of has to have her snacks and her meals planned to be able to do that. But that three to four hour time frame keeps her metabolism up and really keeps things going. Um, did I say already that she drinks a gallon of water? Did I mention that one? Mm -hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you hear my deep sigh on the gallon of water? Um, mm -hmm. She infuses it, so she literally gets it ready the night before, and she usually infuses it with fruit or cucumbers or limes and cucumbers or something, basil or whatever. I mean, she infuses it because it makes it more enjoyable for her, but she is drinking water all day long. And I know there are people in this group, Lisa Cavallaro being one who is just a water-drinking rock star. I drink way more water now than I used to, but I fear that if I was drinking a gallon of water a day, the only thing I would do would be sitting on the toilet. Says mm -hmm. Lisa, she takes a sip of water. Um, this particular woman said that when she first 
started drinking, you know, was committed to drinking water, it, it really did take her almost two months to be able to acclimate to having, to, to drinking water at a significantly higher volume. And it started with removing everything else and having water. I mean, she didn't have tea, she didn't have coffee. And she figured really quickly that that wasn't going to work, that she liked some of those other things, and drinking so much water started feeling like deprivation. So she stopped that, and she just sips on water all the time. And in all honesty, it is rare that I speak with her, where at some point she doesn't say, oh, hang on just a second, I got to go tinkle. So, but when I look at all three of these self-care profiles, water comes up on all three of them in really significant ways. Um, okay, moving on. This is the client who shared the intermittent, intermittent walking protocol with me. And that was introduced to her, I don't know, more than a year ago. She still does it. Um, like I said, she actually gets up early so that she can hit that first walk, and she gets five walks a day in, which is still, five is still a challenging number for me. Four, actually, I can fit in. I mean, I'm looking outside, and the weather just looks abysmal, and so I'm hoping that as the weather shifts, that's going to continue to be something I feel I can commit to because I totally buy into the logic and the science behind intermittent walking. Um, and it, I like the 10-minute intervals, 10 to 15 minutes, because I feel like I can do anything for that long in any kind of weather. So that makes it easier. Um, she does that six days a week. She also does either core training or yoga, usually daily. Um, and once a week, she works with a trainer on that, but the rest of the time she is doing it at home. She, and so it's not like she's going out to go to a gym, which, again, I know that there are some people in the group who do go to the gym and really love that. But I think one of the reasons the kind of intensity of these self-care routines work is because people aren't going, I mean, they're set up at home. They don't have to go to the gym. They're not having to go to the grocery store every day. They're not having to do, a, like, go and coordinate. Like, it's all at home. It's ready to go, and it's pretty simple. They sort of eliminate the distractions and the sort of excuses of getting it done. So even when she's working with her trainer, she doesn't leave home, and she does both her walking, her core training, or her yoga at home, and that happens six days a week. Seven days a week, she meditates for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and then she listed on her self-care, and I love these last ones, that she reviews her schedule for the next day every evening, that she plans her wardrobe for the next day every evening, and every night before she goes to bed, she does 10 minutes of yoga, and then she has some sort of aromatherapy bath or a sauna and a shower. So that is sort of the bones of her daily routine. And when I look at that, it may not be as far off of my daily routine as I think it is at first glance. I mean, yes, there are some places where she's doing a lot more. There are some places where I could be doing a lot more without having to reorganize my schedule, but I actually am doing some things that she doesn't do. But I mean, again, on a daily basis, what makes this work for her is habit and planning. She's in the habit of getting up and doing that skincare routine. She's in the habit of doing it with her bath or her sauna every night. She's in a habit of drinking that water. She is in a habit of, you know, the walking at this point is just second nature to her. I see Ruby's here. Ruby can relate to the walking thing. I mean, these things are habits and she sets herself up for success with planning and being organized in advance. So before I go on to some of the other pieces that are on her plan, um, I'm going to toss this over to you. Janet, thoughts? 
Okay, well, the first thought is I could spend about half an hour explaining why I feel completely overwhelmed at the moment, and that would be pointless because we know that that's going to be the, the case. Otherwise, I would already be doing all this stuff. Um, there are a couple of things where I'm really clear that my body's messages come before any rules about how much or how often or whatever. So things like the gallon of water, I'm completely unconvinced about that because for me, uh, I'm pretty clear on what quantity of water my body likes and it's not a gallon. It's more probably than I'm regularly drinking, but it's not as much as that. Um, uh, and I have no desire to push my body because somebody else says that a particular number is the required amount. Same with things like sleep, etc. Um, uh, and that is a factor for me. Is My body probably needs more sleep she does better with more sleep than she's currently getting and that means I have less hours in the waking day and I don't like the idea that somehow I have to choose between um, doing the things I want to do for my business and self-care and sleep which is a fundamental part of self-care because you know with the best will in the world my day isn't really genuinely 16 hours of waking time to work with it's more likely to be if I'm listening to my body it's more likely to be 15 and I have to kind of be realistic about that um, in the sense that try I, I, I know that I have it within me to get all excited about all the different possible strategies and try and implement them all and then fall completely flat on my face. You know, do a face plant into the concrete and I know that's counterproductive. So I know myself well enough to, to know that. Um, and having said that, so, so I guess my, I guess my, uh, my response is I can feel an internal battle because probably 75% of me is saying is wanting to throw its hands up and say well this is all just too hard and there's no way I can bridge that gap and I, and the other 25% is going okay what you know I've been successfully doing the homework from last week so I have made you know the 1% improvement uh, I'm going to have to keep doing that and if that means ignoring everything that we're listening to today then so be it. I have to listen to what my body is capable of in terms of how much energy I have for implementing. So let me just say that do, do I think that a routine like this is practical for the average person? I'm going to say I think it could be, but it's not to say that like you said, it's right for the average person, the gallon of water thing. Some of these things are really arbitrary, like the 10,000 steps. When you research 10,000 steps, that number came from nowhere. It really doesn't mean mm -hmm. anything. It's arbitrary. Yep. It's utterly meaningless. Same with the gallon of water. The gallon right, of water exactly. was the, orig the origin of that included the water that's, that's contained in food. It was never all the food plus a gallon of water. It's never been that. It's completely arbitrary. So, again, that's that, yeah... So I have to be really cautious about not jumping on this with all the enthusiasm and then face planting because <laughs> I don't want to do that, obviously. And again, when I look at it, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing some of it. I'm doing quite a bit of it. There are places on here I'm not doing well. But like, I, I actually feel some inspiration about getting up and doing the skincare routine. Like I can see how that might feel really nurturing to me. That might be a better way to start my day. I feel some juice for that. I really, really do. Do I feel juice about doing core training ever, you know, six days out of the week? I do not feel juice for that. So that's not going to be a place where I'm going to want to improve because the inspiration is there's not enough inspiration to fuel motivation for that. Um, and on sleep, just really quickly, and then I'm going to turn this over to Ruby for her thoughts. Um, I know this particular client had a lot of trouble sleeping. And therefore, the glass of wine and the 10 minutes of yoga at night with the aromatherapy bath, when I saw that, that made perfect sense to me. 
like for her, it wasn't the number of hours she slept. It was the being able to relax and unwind just to get to sleep that really mattered. So sleep factored in, just not in the way I would have thought it would have. Um, Ruby, when you hear all of this, and I don't, I don't know for sure if you heard it all, what are your thoughts when you hear this as a daily self-care routine? Yeah, so I, I, I didn't hear um, a lot of it, um, or at least the routine I didn't hear. But I can, what I can say is that, you know, um, for me, the changes that have happened and the changes that have stuck, is it, is it possible to have a routine? Yes. Uh, but the ones that really kind of helped my body physically or my mind uh, mentally have always have always been like um, ever changing and what Jeanette was hinting at you know like I know what my body needs and how my body is responding and what it requires right now and that might change um, but the one thing I've done is that I've had support in making those changes. So, for example, you you said you know like the 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 uh, walks. I take like right now in my life for the last eleven months, I've been taking four walks a day, and each of those walks are anywhere between twenty to thirty minutes. And that's because I got a dog, and he requires exercise. <laughs> um, and if he doesn't get it, he goes like it's not healthy. He doesn't. He's moody, and then he gets destructive. So my twenty to thirty minutes, four times a day, is happening because of seek, and that is something I found in other areas, like even with food, what I eat, and uh, the troubles I've had with choosing the right food. All of that has come, and ha- I've been successful. Initially, because I've partnered with someone else. So that means that I was honest about it. I talked to someone about it, and we kind of took it step by step. The other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is that every time I was not able to make uh, progress for the day, over time I've realized is I was able to get back onto the wagon if I didn't criticize and if I didn't um, go, go hard on myself on the days that I slipped up. That just has been a big thing. So when, I, when I'm when i doing something wrong, quote-unquote, um, and I know it's something that goes, you know, the opposite side of the goal I'm trying to achieve, over a period of time I've become better at just letting it happen because it's the moment, it's right now, uh, it doesn't mean I'm good or bad, it doesn't mean I'm weak or strong, um, and that mentality has really helped me start the next day fresh. Otherwise, mm-hmm. in the past, I've just let myself go. You know, I'll be like, yeah, okay, so I missed two days. I am horrible and I'm becoming fat and this is who I need, uh, you know, I'm going to be and I can never change. I, I, I used to spiral and that used to go on for weeks and weeks and weeks before I would come back. So that's the other crucial part I can say that whatever routine we choose, whether it's this one, sticking to this one or cherry picking things that make, that, that suit us, I think that's the other crucial part is on the days that where we don't make it, it's okay. Um, and we have to just allow it to happen because um, any change that we're trying to make, I find temptation will come back. But if we if we push against that temptation or criticize ourselves for giving into that temptation, according to me, we're just feeding that energy and it will take us longer to get back. Mm-hmm. I am glad you spoke to that because I think that's my biggest issue with self-care. I mean, it may be my biggest issue with everything, but it's certainly my biggest issue with self-care, and it's slightly different for me. I mean, I don't really beat myself up for doing it, but I do use phrases like falling off the wagon, fell off the wagon, and I am an all-or-nothing kind of girl, so it is very difficult for me if I have a, you know, a few bad days, it's difficult for me to get back in it and get rolling at the 
at the level I want to, and then I can drag it out even further because I I don't really have a good mechanism for baby self baby stepping myself back in. And that all or nothing mentality or that beating myself up mentality, whatever it is, is the opposite of self-care. I mean, we addressed that a little bit last week. That, you know, the first step in any self-care program is probably going to be managing our thoughts. So that being on or off the wagon is something that I have committed to removing from my vocabulary altogether. I'm not on or off the self-care wagon ever. I am doing, I don't have to do all of it to do any of it. And any self-care that I do is better than no self-care. Even if I'm not doing everything that I want to do, I'm still caring for myself. I can, I, I need to stop that really sort of fatalistic I'm doing it or I'm not doing it kind of thinking. So, yeah. And I also agree with what you're saying about enlisting partnerships or getting support or sort of, you know, finding ways to create accountability partnerships. And I think that that is something that when I look at what she's done here, there's a chunk of it where she has accountability built in. I know that. I mean, she's got some accountability built in because of the trainer. She's got some accountability built in with her food because she works with a dietitian. I could just as easily have accountability built in with my kiddo, which I am working on actually for my walking. Like it is, he is the alarm clock when it's time to go for the walk and he's bugging me all day long about getting out for the walk. Um, But partnership and accountability makes a massive amount of difference, as does organization. So I'm going to talk just a little bit about some of the things that she does that makes the organization of all of this flow a little more smoothly. Um, She batches days. So she tends to be less busy on Monday. Therefore, Monday is like health-related stuff. If she's going to have an acupuncture appointment, she meets with her dietitian on Monday. Um, she, if she's going to, you know, or if she's got a doctor's appointment for herself or her kids or any of that, like Monday is just a day where she focuses on health-related kinds of things. Friday is a day where she focuses on beauty-related things, none of which is probably going to ever really apply to me. I'm not going to go get my hair done every week. I'm not going to go see an esthetician every week. I'm not even going to go get my nails done every week. And her ability to batch those things into days helps a lot. She does all of her shopping and her food prep on Saturdays. Um, and she shops for herself, um, which she wouldn't have to, but she does her own shopping and does her own meal planning and food prep on Saturday. And Unless she's traveling, that is the only thing she does on Saturday, which is interesting, I think, because that is when, I mean, knowing her and her relationship to food, which is really dicey, like taking one day a week where she really just thinks about her food and her meal planning and does her own shopping and buys the best ingredients almost feels like church. There's something very sacred about that day. Um, And on Sunday, she does nothing. Like, she will literally stay in bed, maybe. I mean, she she does nothing on Sundays. Goes to the beach if she wants to, sits around and watch movies. But there's nothing that happens on Sundays. She takes one day a week completely off. No phone calls, no emails, no nothing. She's down on Sundays, which I think fuels her ability to do some of this. So Saturday and Sunday are very different days from sort of the regular schedule of the week. Um, And at times, she does a little more in terms of going to the gym. Well, not going to the gym in her case, having a trainer coming over and working harder on training than at other times. But most of the time, you know, this is really it. And so the top things that I think make this sustainable for her, which two of which we've already hit on here, is that she is organized and she allows the time to be organized. She bakes in support 
Like she has support and accountability and partnerships built into this straight across the board. Um, not fatalistic to her. I mean, she rarely, quote, falls off the wagon. But I've never heard herself, or never, ever heard her beat herself up for not doing as well one week over another week. Um, I think another reason it's really sustainable is because it's fairly balanced. I mean, a lot of focus in here on sort of the spirit side of things, the meditation and the baths and the glass of wine. And, you know, she's, it's not just that she's driving for this physical perfection and she's using her self-care routine to be something different physically than she is. But, I mean, it's very balanced in terms of, you know, all of herself, a holistic approach to self-care. And I think something that makes a big difference is that one day completely, completely off, which is something that I don't take. I, I don't take one day. I mean, I can't say I work seven days a week, but I can't say that I have one complete down day a week. And it fuels the rest of the week for her. Another thing is she watches almost no TV, which buys her a lot of time that most people don't have because most people are giving one, well, most people are giving five hours a day to the television. We know that from studies. I would say that I usually do two or three, which if I say, you know, two hours a day of TV over the course of a week, that would free up 14 hours a week for self-care makes me feel a little silly to say that I don't have time. Um, And she does zero social media. Like, she is not on Facebook. She is not doing that. Like, TV, media consumption in general, whether it's social media or media of any kind, she does not consume, which frees up a ton of time that when I look at her list, knowing that she has that free time, it becomes significantly less overwhelming to me for her. I mean, I'm not saying that I would totally give up TV, but knowing that she's not consuming it makes this make a lot more sense. So, Janet, thoughts on any of that relating to sustainability? Yeah, I really love all of this. What, I'm, what I've been noting down is the, the stuff that's, that underpins it. So instead of looking at it, which I initially was, because, you know, that's how humans work, um, instead of looking at it as a list of things I'm failing to do <laughs> um, uh, that I should be, that I kind of quote unquote, as I said, this is only a part of me that went to that knee jerk reaction. Instead of looking at it as a whole list of things that I could be doing and perhaps should be doing, um, what I'm really intrigued by is the stuff that underpins it, that sense of, there's a sense of sovereignty around it, that sense of saying, I'm going to plan, I'm going to commit, I'm going to be organized. I'm going to implement support in whatever ways I can. Ruby, I love your example about your dog and the walking. That's a fantastic one. Sadly, my highly allergic husband means that that's never going to be an option. However, there are lots of other ways I can find that support. (laughs) I mean, I would love it, but, you know, not going to happen. Um, But I really like this idea of making it, of prioritizing it in the schedule, uh, all the things we know about, but that's really what's underpinning this and that sense of balance and not not making this a, a, a quest for perfection. You know, that I think that's one of the reasons all of those arbitrary numbers turn me off is because they sound like a measurable thing that I can either succeed or fail at. And that is almost setting myself up for failure. You know, that, that sense of, um, there's some hoop I have to jump through in order to feel like I'm doing this quote unquote properly. None of that's helpful. So I really like everything that you've pointed out where it, by looking at the the behavior and then kind of analyzing what lies beneath. That's really useful to me, and and that I can that I can happily implement. And the 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 outside externally measurable behavior will look radically different from what your client's doing. I suspect. Um, but that won't make it any less valuable. And I particularly like, and I'm with you on this, that sense of eliminating anything from my vocabulary that is some iteration of having a wagon to fall off or stay on. (laughs) It's like, no, we're not doing that. This is a wagon-free zone. 
I, I mean that. And you guys will probably, Ruby, actually, I used to have a vocabulary habit where I used the words lazy a lot. I used to, I did it all the time. Ruby broke me of that habit of saying I'm lazy. And I still have a vocabulary habit of saying on or off the wagon. I give you guys permission to call me on that, particularly when it comes to self-care, because it has been an impediment. It's sort of all or nothing thing that I do with myself where I'm either rocking it or I'm like slumped in the corner trembling with my Dr. Pepper and like (laughs) life doesn't work that way I mean it just does not work that way so the all or nothing mentality can't be a part of my self-care routine or I will only have a self-care routine about half of the time I think that's awesome Lisa in fact that sort of applies across the board I've watched my husband do this. He's a, oh my God, he's Capricorn son and he is really good at the all or nothing. It's like if he doesn't completely get something perfect, he might just as well not even bother having ever been born. (laughs) It's kind of, Mm -hmm. so when you see it played out in that really extreme sense, you can sort of laugh at it, but I do it. I think we all do it and it's really good not to. So, Ruby, thank you for implanting the seed of that for this um, conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Ruby, I want you to say, speak to what you were talking about in chat. Let's get all of that on the recording. Um, Yes, I was thinking, and this is, I was listening to this and thinking, how did I do it? And one of the things um, that I thought about was that, you know, how we work, like, as coaches or people in our jobs, like I'm talking as a coach, we so easily work energy and changing and leveling up our thoughts and managing our emotions and managing our self-talk. We do that so easily and naturally, right? And it's because we kind of think of that as our job, right? And that's what we take to our clients. We talk about thoughts and how to improve your thoughts and how to change your story. So I find that that part of us, we do it every single day. We have good, uh, no one has to push us. We recognize it. We become self-aware. But somehow I feel that as, as coaches, particularly, we don't think of the physical side of us, the physical body as a job, like as part of our jobs, when actually it is. Um, but even when we talk to our clients, we we might skim through, a, you know, a conversation which talks about, okay, whatever you think comes into our reality and your physical body and you'll feel it or whatever. But we don't somehow connect the actual total physical body as into our core jobs. We think that, oh, diet, nutrition has to be for someone else. And what that does, I feel is that it, we ourselves are distancing ourselves from the physical side, so then we don't incorporate it naturally into our routine or as part of, you know, living um, uh, uh, as an example for our uh, clients. Does that make sense? And I think we do a better job with the energy part, the, the supernatural, the, the cosmic, alignments, we do a really good job with that section, but we don't see the physical way of life as part of our core job. And, I, and the, the, the more we do, the more you incorporate that as part of who you are as a coach, I feel naturally you'll be, you won't be pushed or pulled, pulled. you'll just naturally be. You know, you'll you'll naturally want to exercise. You'll naturally want to drink water. You'll naturally want to eat right, or you'll naturally want to uh, uh, meditate, and all all of the things that come with it, because you're incorporating that with your clients more often. You're focusing on that. You're kind of you're, you're talking it as well. Um, so it's a good opportunity, a very easy way for anyone listening who's a coach to incorporate the physical side differently into your work. And I feel that it will, it will um, open up this space without it feeling burdensome or without it feeling heavy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I 
thought about that looking at these lists that I've been looking at, like how in many ways we are very spiritual and cerebral as a group, not just the coaches, but maybe this group in general. Um, and in some ways very separated from our physical bodies. Like we will be the first person to say mm-hmm. that in, we, we don't talk about health the way the traditional world talks about health. And I have wondered if maybe I've gone too far that way. But I also do know that one good step leads to another good step. Like truly, getting out and walking has made me feel much more inspired to do my yoga without that feeling like a chore. If I am drinking enough water, and that's not going to be a gallon in my case because that's going to be too much, but if I'm drinking enough, I feel more likely to eat better during the day. I mean, for me, breakfast is, like, critical because if I nail my breakfast and that's good, then all my food for the rest of the day is really good. Um, so, yeah, finding no, – I think it's um, good. Go ahead. I was just going to give you guys, like, a really good incentive that works for me. Um, so, you know, the exercise part of it, which seems like uphill task, but if we remember, like this is what I tell myself, scientifically, um, when metabolism is increased, which always happens uh, post-exercise, so when your metabolism is increased, when you push it up, naturally your craving for food decreases, which means that you know, you're all, any, and anyone who's exercised knows, knows this, right? Like straight after you work out, you have more energy, you're not that hungry, you don't have cravings, and you overall just feel good. Because that is because scientifically, when you increase your metabolism rate, um, your craving for food decrease. So that works for me brilliantly, because I kind of remember that, oh, I, I should do this, because then naturally, I don't have to worry about locking away the sweets, or <laughs> not having the donut or the cake or whatever it is, because naturally, I don't crave it anymore. So, yeah, I just wanted to put it out there in case it motivates someone else to exercise. I mean, it's one of the things when it was all of the information about the intermittent exercise was what it did in terms of reducing cravings, what it did in terms of reducing just hunger in general. I mean, you're burning more calories. You'd think you would be more hungry, but actually you're not more hungry and cravings and sort of that sugary carb kind of cravings diminish significantly. So, yeah. All right, so in closing, and we're going to talk about this because I thought this was fascinating. I asked her what her advice for self-care would be for people, you know, maybe for somebody who's just starting or somebody who's running to rethink their self-care. And she said something that surprised me, actually. She said um, that when you start with your self-care, that you should start with your soft spots and be really tender with yourself. Like pick, she almost used the words pain point, and I forget how she put it exactly. We use the words pain point. But she, she said start with your, with your softest, most tender thing and start working your way around that issue. And create self-care that nurtures your softest point, which is almost the opposite of what I might think. I mean, it's like I would say whatever your biggest problem is, don't address that right away. She's saying whatever your biggest problem is, be as tender with that thing. And I'm using the word problem lately. But, you know, be as tender with that thing as you can be and work some self-care around your softest, most tender spot. And then let your self-care plan evolve from there. And, I mean, she didn't say, like, you know, here's my tender spot. Let's, like, manhandle the shit out of that. It's like, okay, this is my tender spot. How can I be soft with that? How can I do self-care that nurtures and makes that easier? How can I be kind to myself around my most difficult places? And when I look at her self-care routine, like I said, I mean, her most tender spot really has been her relationship with food. And I see that all over her plan. I mean, her relationship with food, the meal planning, the grocery shopping, the, you know, all of the things that are in there. That's where she started. 
And so when I kind of interpreted that, you two particularly, it's ironic that you're on the phone. Like when I look at my softest spot, my most difficult area, it probably has to do with all of the weird, bizarre left side of my leg injuries that I've had that haven't ever fully recovered to their post-injury, post-surgery norms. And I have tried to work self-care a dozen times around the edges of that, like not going into it and really self-caring that aspect of myself. I've tried in the past to do self-care that skipped over that, like worked around it. And the thought of working my self-care plan around my softest thoughts um, was kind of revolutionary to me. So that was her advice. Janet, thoughts about that? I really like that. And in fact, I sort of think I've all, almost been doing that that accidentally. Um, my biggest sort of quote-unquote problem area, but my softest spot, as I like that term much better, is around movement. Um, uh, you know, the, it, there's history behind why, back injury, elbow injury, blah, blah. Um, and I, last week I made the commitment that one of the things I was going to do was 15 minutes of walking every day. And so far, it's been a week. I have missed walking on one day. There's been So I've done it on six days and not once has it been me setting aside time and putting on my walking shoes and going out for a walk and not doing anything else every single time it's been me running an errand in town and parking far enough away that uh you know I, so for example the first day I parked in the, there's a um a sort of very small CBD type shopping mall arcade place that has a, a car park, a free car park for two hours. So I parked there and I, from there I walked the few blocks to my favorite place to buy a replacement oil blend that, that they make. I can't get it anywhere else. So I walked there and I timed it and it was seven minutes. <laughs> so from there I walked round the block so that I got an extra bit in and walked back to my car via something else that I needed to do. So I got my 15 minutes. Um, it's been like that every day. This morning, same sort of thing. I parked in one car park, walked across several blocks to go to the other thing I needed to do walked back to my car, did something near the car that I needed to do and drove home. So building that walk in without making it a separate thing, it's a little bit like Ruby's dog equivalent without a dog um, in the sense mm -hmm. that I've got to go and do this, run this errand anyway. I, so I'm sort of sneaking up on it and I really like that. I'm not having to wear special shoes. I'm I'm not I'm not wearing stilettos to do it because I'm not an idiot but um I'm just building it into the day in a really natural way and that makes it easy and tender and it stops all those kind of rebellious things that say I don't want to put my walking shoes on and go for a walk I don't want to do that so it's it's I'm I'm really liking it so I think I might have cracked it <laughs> without realizing I was doing it. So I'm going to continue that because there was a part of me that said, but that even though it's 15 minutes of walking a day, it doesn't really count because you're not doing it quote unquote properly. And now I'm like, holy shit, I can take, excuse the swearing, I can take total credit for this and I can really appreciate myself for having already nailed it and do more of that. And I really like the idea of that. Yeah, I do too. And that is your soft spot. You and I share mm -hmm. similar similar softness around our spots. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. Ruby, mm -hmm. thoughts about working your self-care routine around your soft spot? Oh, we lost Ruby. She's gone. She is in chat. So, yeah, that is what I've got for today. Do you have any final thoughts, questions, or nuggets of wisdom before we call it a day? I just want to re record for the record, state for the record, that I'm also celebrating the fact that there's an aspect of self-care that might not apply to everyone, and that is to do with my voice. Um, it's a core part of mm -hmm. my work, so it matters that it's healthy. I 
broke it in July 2014. I damaged my vocal cords um, to the point where I couldn't sing at all. And I've just been doing some work. I did some work with my speech therapist for a while and that was great. And I hadn't seen her for about 18 months. I went back to see her a month ago. She's given me some work, work to fine tune the voice and she told me on Friday that my voice is making a spectacular recovery and she said, which I love, she's given me some rehab stuff to do, but she basically said, in order to keep your voice healthy, you need to sing and keep singing. And I suddenly feel so much better about the time I'm spending singing in two different choirs because instead of it being a hobby that I do for enjoyment and I take time out from all my other stuff for this kind of guilty pleasure, now it's a self-care practice that I do for partly for me and partly for my business, which is me anyway. And I'm really proud of myself for the fact that I haven't sort of, I haven't allowed any of that. I'm finding a way to appreciate and enjoy the, the, this, this little bit of self-care that I'm doing. And it's another soft spot for me. Um, but I'm enjoying it immensely. And I'm, pr- I'm so proud of myself for, for committing to do it. When I, you know, it would have been so easy to kind of just shrug my shoulders and go, oh, well, I'll never sing again. And I didn't. So I know I can do this stuff. Oh, hello, Lisa. Did you mute yourself? Of course I did. Uh, That is actually a future tip that one of the other women gave, as I was just talking away, Um, is whatever whatever you're doing, can you identify it as self-care? Can you name it self-care? Or can you self-careize it? Like, you know, the things that are regular, like your thing about parking further away, like that, you self-careized a regular thing. Um, but like really putting self-care as front and center and seeing how many things that you're already doing that are self-care and naming them, identifying them, doing it intentionally, even though you do it anyway, or what can you do that you normally do and self-care eyes it along the way? Like most of us cook meals every day. Can we be cooking those meals in a way that represents self-care? So we will talk about that in the future. But, yeah, that was one of the tips that is going to come up. Um, Ruby, you're back. What are your thoughts about um, navigating your self-care plan around your soft spots? Like creating it, like tailoring it to nurture your soft places. Um, yeah, and so, you know, the the stuff that I already talked about, like those are things that have helped me um, kind of, focus on self-care in areas that I didn't really have any real motivation to continue. Um, So you said, for example, um, you know, cooking in every day. That for me, like simply that for me came about as a result of financial reasons. So there was this, this phase where we couldn't, go out every night um and it was just better for us to cook food um you know at home and what happened is that i mean i know it was like brought about because of a adverse situation but but when we started making food at home and when i started taking interest in what the recipes were what am i cooking what am i eating like um you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of changed the way I was looking at that activity because previously if someone told me I had to make three meals a day at home, I would be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But because I was kind of cornered into that particular activity, um, it's it's changed the way I look at it. Um, I I love now looking at new recipes, new things, eating seasonally. Um, so for me, things have happened, like especially areas which I didn't want to go and didn't want to do, things have um, happened to me that have made it um, 
made it necessary for me to go in those spaces. So like I said, even with the walks, we didn't plan to get a dog. He just happened. <laughs> and he just happened to be a dog that needs more exercise and he's an outdoor dog. So somehow I feel I... I, I'd love to say that I had a plan or I, I was intelligent enough to come up with something. Um, but I think a lot of this has happened to me and has, has been guided and, you know, I've been pushed into these scenarios. All I can say is that I, throughout all of these experiences, I was willing to learn, I was open, and I was um, I was very aware that I needed to be less critical as I journeyed through to wherever it is I needed to be. Less critical as you journey through to wherever it is you needed to be. Those are the those are the perfect closing words. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.